0: What's up? It's your boy Matty Keyboom, and this is the inaugural episode of High Heat Fantasy Baseball And I'm joined by my man, my co-host, Kevin Perdios. Kevin, what's up dude? Not much man, not much
1: You know, I'm excited to get this podcast on the road here
0: now, you're coming from a baseball practice, so baseball is fresh on the mind, so we're going to get popping on tonight's episode. Oh, yeah,
1: without a doubt.
0: All right, so this show is brought to you by Couch Guy Sports, and make sure you check out all the written content on couchguysports.com, because we give you the latest stories and our opinions, and we have articles coming out daily. Make sure you check it out, and make sure you check out all the podcasts on the network, Every we got a bunch of good ones into the triangle, small state big takes, verbally committed, take it or leave it, legends lingo, and of course, soon to be the high heat fantasy baseball podcast. So I think we're just gonna get it started. It's our first episode. So why don't we just dive in a little bit of our background, let our listeners know kind of where we are and kind of how how we got here, you know what what makes us qualified to talk fantasy baseball, right? Because who gives a shit what these guys have to say? You guys should. You guys should give a shit because we we know what we're talking about here. So I've been playing fantasy baseball off and on since I was in eighth grade. Uh, If anyone tuned in to the the Twitch stream that we did uh, with Diego and Al uh, last week, then you know kind of the background story. I won't dive in it too much. Uh, But yeah, I've been doing it for an awful long time and I love the game of baseball in general, kind of been part of my life forever. And fantasy baseball was just a natural fit. Once I found out you can create your own teams and build your own lineups and and play against your buddies and talk shit and all that good stuff, man, I loved it. And I fell in love with with fantasy baseball. And I've been playing it pretty hardcore now for almost 10 years. So, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm always ready for spring training and for, uh, you know, everything to kick off all things fantasy baseball. Uh, I going to talk a little bit about kind of what you can expect listening to this show and kind of talk about the podcast in general. But before I do, Kevin, tell these people, you know, about yourself and about your love of the game.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm not far behind you on my fantasy baseball experience. Um, I actually my first go at it was probably I want to say freshman, sophomore year of high school, Um, you know, high school baseball team. Mm-hmm. league and went from there um and then off and on again throughout the years college same thing big um big into that obviously because your friends always want a league bragging rights oh yeah um, and you know I, I i am a big baseball guy i um grew up playing it coach now high school baseball at a uh, private high school in um Brandtree, mass so baseball is a big part of my life and you know Putting actions, you know, backing up my words. I guess you know. Uh, yeah, pretty good put, stuff.
0: Put pen to paper. Let's see. Yeah, Let's put our money right. where our mouth is. Right.
1: Right. So yeah, <laughs> off, off and on through college, and now um, diving back into it a little bit now that you know my uh, real world life is set up. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. How, now, if, if you know, you're not going to really, you're not going to know this. Listen at home because. Kevin and I, our chemistry is gonna be off the hook from the jump. But we actually just met tonight
1: yeah. virtually, yep.
0: which is pretty cool. I think it's gonna be a great dynamic. Kevin, how old are you? Are you an so, no old uh, fart like me?
1: Uh no, I don't know. I don't I mean, I feel it. My body definitely <laughs> feels it, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm 25. My, oh, you. my birth my birthday yeah. is coming up in, uh, in about a month, end of March. Okay uh, March 30th. So return 26, but uh, The body, body definitely feels like it's about you know forty five
0: right now. So. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I just turned thirty three in January, so I'm a little bit older than you. So I'll bring a little. I, I would like to say I'm gonna bring the wisdom, but let's let's call. Uh, you, you gotta call a spade a spade. I'm not bringing much wisdom.
1: <laughs> I'm right behind you, man. I'm right behind you. you know? All
0: I'll right, so out. yeah, love. It. Yeah, that, 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 33 going on 50 is a joke, but sometimes it does feel that way. (laughs) I will be honest with you. I have to be just dead honest. Yep.
1: Yep.
0: All right. So let's talk a little about the show. Uh, We will bring this to you weekly. And and kind of the whole vibe is two guys shooting the shit, talking fantasy sports, you know, as if we were at a bar enjoying a beer or kicking with our friends at the house, whatever, you know, uh, we'll have stats. Obviously we'll have, kind of our personal stories about our teams, kind of our strategies, things we're doing, and, and we're going to tie it all together because what we want to do is present, you know, not only just dry numbers and, and all these analytics and, and and stuff like that, but we also want to bring kind of why we're do, we, we, we think the way we're thinking. And, and on top of that, we want to bring in some guests here um, and just really just talk fantasy baseball throughout the season. Uh, for the next few weeks, we're really going to be talking rankings, and kind of just our opinions on certain positions and players within those positions. And then once the season kicks off, you know, we'll have buy and sell, we'll have uh, ads, drops, we'll talk uh, streamers and and news and notes, all that good stuff. Um, Me personally, I've played in majority points leagues, so a lot of my thinking will be kind of based around points leagues and and that type of format. Kevin, what type of format are you more familiar with playing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, same thing, points. Um, so, again, my thinking will probably revolve right around that as well. Um, might change it up this year. I might try to just to gain more experience in other mm-hmm. leagues, force one of my leagues to do something different. But, cool. um, yeah, majority majority points, I think.
0: Yeah, and, and like we said earlier in the show, we're baseball guys. So, like, you know, just because we're talking majority points or whatever, you know, you have an e- you want to email the show, you want to – send us a tweet you want to communicate with us you know we're we're familiar with the game of baseball so we can help you out in your 15 five by five roto league we can help you out in any type of format you know it's just going to take us knowing what your format is so that we can break it down accurately But if we're just talking consensus we're just talking and we're just bullshitting about you know like like kevin said like the our leagues are majority points so it's going to be points and that is what it is most podcasts that i listen to and familiar with talk roto and categories so i think it's going to be pretty cool to talk something different yeah for sure for sure all right well that's good that's us that's our show uh we're not going to dive too much into this stuff every episode but we figured you know it's the inaugural one right we might as well break it down for our listeners but i think we should get into why we're here tonight We're gonna break down catchers and not just closers, relief pitchers. We talked about that, right? I screwed up the show notes. I wrote closers, but it's not just closers; it's relief pitchers in general. Uh, My, if you are, you know, familiar with Couch Guy Sports, you saw my rankings come out today. And if you're not, make sure you go to CouchGuySports.com. Check out my rankings. I have my complete player, uh, my complete position uh, breakdown uh, throughout the ranks, one through fifteen, and I actually have. Some ranked a little bit deeper than that, but uh, you know, for publishing purposes, keeping it nice and neat and digestible for you guys, it's my top fifteen at most positions uh, that came out today. Uh, real quick, if it's not on the homepage, if you just go to search, type in rankings, it's going to pop right up and help you out. So today, catchers and relief pitchers, we have some busts, some sleepers, and some stashes for you. So let's uh, let's go ahead and dive right into catchers and. What, what do you what do you want, Kevin? The good news or the bad news? <laughs> what do you want for us? What, what's, what's better?
1: I guess we will always start with the good news, you know. Um, let's start with the good news, get off on a good foot, and then we'll we'll break people's hearts with the bad news later. It's
0: good, yeah, right. <laughs> let's butter them up, build them up, yeah. only to knock them down in, in the next segment. So let's start with uh, my sleepers. My first sleeper that I want to talk about is the young. How do I say this nicely? Plump. Kid out in Toronto, his name's Alejandro Kirk. Consent his his current ADP right now is catcher. Whew, I had to scroll a little bit to find him. I mean, I'm I'm still scrolling to find him. Holy shit. People don't like him. So they have him at catcher 19. You could get him right now in most drafts outside of the top 275 picks. Well, not if you draft with me, you're not, because I got my man at catcher. Ten, I have them up there. So, if you (laughs) if you're drafting me, you got to get them. You got to go get them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Um, You know, we'll get into obviously the top five guys that I think everyone can name. Um, But like you said, I think that lineup in Toronto is going to put up some numbers. Um, And I think when you're when you're a pitching staff and you go up against Guerrero, Biggio, um, God, you know, that the lineup is deep. So you're going to have to pitch to someone, and I think he's going to see a lot of pitches to hit, especially in the bottom half of that order. He's going to do some damage, man. Duke can hit, I think. I, mm-hmm. I think he's going to definitely be um, – find his way into the top ten. May not be out of the gate, but like you said, sleeper. Um, mm-hmm. Could find himself in that stash category for – First few weeks, first oh, yeah. first month or two of the season, maybe, and then um, watch out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy if if this guy can do what he does to the Wendy's driving on the bite on the baseball diamond, <laughs> this dude is going to be nasty. His sample size last year, I'm not going to dive into it too much because it's tiny. He only played a handful of games, but in those handful of games. He had an exit velocity at 95, which was pretty damn good. And his hard hit percentage was high at 50%. You know, so like I said, small sample size. Yes. He only had 24 plate appearances. Uh, so you take it, take it for what it is. It's a small sample size, but that's all we can go on. And the, the catcher position is, I mean, it's, 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 it's exactly. It's if you got, if any of you listeners play fantasy football, it's, like the tight end position on steroids, it, or yeah. what's the opposite of being on steroids? Uh, uh it's it's, it's 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 Captain America pre Soldier Serum.
1: There you go. There you it's go. it's perfect. it's small.
0: It's is that good? It, you know, yeah. my brain's no, like, a perfect, to follow
1: It's the perfect analogy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I try You know, I try it's, it's our first episode, folks You know, we're going to get We're going to get this growing Yeah, so Alejandro Kirk That's my number one sleeper uh, as, as of right now Things change As obviously Going into the spring training You're not going to You know I'm not going to lock everything in But as of right now He's my number one My number two sleeper Is Tyler Stevenson From the Cincinnati Reds Tyler Stevenson has been a He's been on the like the prospect list now For some time so it it he's been he's been slow brewing, if you will. And I think this is the year that they let him go because the Reds have already kind of said that they're going to be they're not really adding. They're not going as hog wild on the market as they did last year. And they're going to go. They're looking to have some answers come from within. And this is one I think Tyler Stevenson's is going to be one of them. Uh, his current ADP right now, again, is it's really low, so you're not really having to invest much in him, into him ter- draft-wise. Uh, he's actually ranked the catcher number 32. So, you know, similar to Kirk, he might be a stash to start the year, especially if you're not in a super deep league. But um, someone, I think, can pay dividends by the end of it.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, my whole philosophy going into fantasy is you almost – want to take the dudes that are on bad teams right because nine times out of ten if they're a bad team and they're struggling they're expecting to struggle so these dudes that are younger and kind of figuring it out it's going to click eventually for them and they're going to go on these two or three week hot streaks where you're really going to pay the you know you're going to value having them Mm -hmm. um you know they're going to keep getting their reps keep getting their opportunities whereas if you're going to somewhere like the Dodgers, who it's hey, if you don't hack it for two weeks a month, they got someone else to replace you. Mm-hmm. You know, and there you go, you're done. Um, so I, I like these guys that are on the. I don't want to call, it tanking teams.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You don't want to label any team tanking, but I know exactly what you yeah. mean. Teams um, that may, where effort maybe not be the utmost priority.
1: They'll they'll let you go through your growing pains. Perfect way to put it. You know, they'll over 162 game season might be worth keeping a couple of them on your bench. Um, And once one of them pops off, you know, it's going to be worth it. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Definitely agree.
0: And just to piggyback on that real quick, right now, roster resource has uh, Tucker Barnhart as the starting catcher. Um, But like you said, teams that just not necessarily uh, World Series contenders will Eventually turn to to the young guys and and Stevenson, someone they need to know. At you know, he's going to his age twenty five season. Is he the catch of the future? And if he's not, they're they're going to do something about it. So, uh, if you have a chance to grab him late in drafts, go ahead and grab him because he's you know he's number twenty four on my list. So he's not like he's not at the top. You know, he's not going to win you the league yet, but someone you want to keep your eye on, and, and he's definitely a sleeper for me in twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah, just to piggyback off that real quick, the last comment, I'll consider it very similar to how the Sox handled Blake Swihart and the Vasquez situations, what, three, four years ago. Yeah. They need to see which dude can play.
0: Exactly. right, And they need to figure out which
1: guy. One of them had to go, and they had to figure out which one it was. So um, he's going to play. He's going to get his reps, and if he's any good, and he can hack it like they think he's going to – he'll stick around or uh tanking team <laughs> I trade him yeah. might might train him for more value you know and get more prospects get more guys in that they really think they can build around
0: so. yeah exactly like i mean tucker barnhart isn't johnny bench so they're not necessarily gonna hold they're not gonna they're not gonna wait for him to come around if he's if he's iffy or if Tyler Stevenson catches fire, uh, similar to kind of what he did last year, he had a 50% hard hit rate in his small sample size again. And you'll find that that is a theme when you're talking about sleepers, right? Small sample sizes or injuries. There's something that made them uh, sleeper appeal and not just a straight stud. Right. Right. And Stevenson right. falls right into that category. So again, he is one of my sleepers and we're going to talk about the, my third sleeper on this list. Uh, Francisco Mejia. Uh, if you weren't paying attention in the offseason, he is no longer on the San Diego Padres. He will be playing for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I don't know what it is about the Rays, but they just always get this. They always get kind of someone else's broken toys, fix it, put them on the field, and they produce. And I'm kind of approaching this guy uh, uh, pretty similarly. A guy that I've always thought is a good prospect, you know, somebody who's pretty polished behind the plate and just never really got his fair shake in San Diego. They sent him to Tampa and... He's going to get pretty good playing time over there. So Francisco Mejia is someone I also have my eyes on.
1: Yeah, I I agree that the Tampa thing, it's, you know, they rub some of that Disney World magic on them and it somehow clicks with everyone. Um, You know, they draft well. They're big. Going on the record here, not an analytics guy, by all means. I think being being a baseball coach, I just, I don't know what it is. Don't fully buy into it, but it works in Tampa. Uh, they're in Game Six of the World Series or whatever it is, so they can't. We can't argue with that. Um, I love uh, Kevin Cash for completely blowing that. But hey, you know what? Well, that's a topic for a different show. I think
0: yeah, we won't bring up that sort of <laughs> subject if there are any Tampa Bay Rays fans out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I mean they. they you know when a team's that good you like, when you're consistently getting, you know, winning 80 to 95 games and making the playoffs and making a deep postseason run, you would hope there's fans there. You would hope. Yeah. But
0: May I'm a Red be. Sox
1: fan. I'm a New England fan. Yeah. So, Me too.
0: Know. Full disclosure. Wait, wait, there will be many episodes where my homerism shines through. So let's just get out of the way now. I'm a huge Red Sox fan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I um. So obviously right off the bat. I got Vasquez, I think. I think the dude can play. I don't oh know. yeah. But again, there's definitely some hometown bias there.
0: Oh yeah. All right, so we've we have we we broke off a lot of the good stuff. Now should we go into the bad or go into like the the purgatory of the two? A little bit in between.
1: Oh. Let's go bad. Let's go, Let's go bad. bad. Let's just go, Let's go rip right the go bandaid bad. right off maybe. Yeah, Let's we, do it. We we've him up a little bit. Now it's now it's time to break them down you know don't let the the listeners get too humble yet
0: feeling like you got some (laughs) feeling like you got a little bit of tidbits there to help you in your draft well here i'm gonna smash all your other stuff that you happen to like or happen to be high on going in so let's tackle the catcher busts and i'm gonna start with the first my first bust is dalton varsho now many of you are probably going who and you're right this guy hasn't really broke out yet he's barely got much time in the big leagues, but he's already being touted as the he's getting, or or should I say, he's getting drafted already as the 12th catcher off the board. And people think they're slick because uh, he's projected to potentially play the outfield for the D back. So uh, getting a guy who is catcher eligible, but doesn't have to deal with the wear and tear of catching every day is a benefit. But I mean, this guy doesn't have much to stand on just yet. Not much production in the big leagues, matter of fact hasn't really done uh well so far in the big leagues and matter of fact when you look at roster resource he's actually not even projected to start in the outfield or behind the plate so you are going to be drafting a guy you know as a potentially top through the 13 15 catcher and he may not even be getting you stats to start the year so he is my number one bust so far in in this early draft season
1: yeah that that's that's fair. It's always risky drafting a guy without a position, right?
0: <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> What's the old saying? If you got multiple <laughs> positions, you got no positions.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I agree. Until you know, and until he kind of proves he's either going to be a catcher or either going to be an outfielder, and that's where he's going to get his reps. Arizona, another team that you know um, stinks. Yeah, put it that way. <laughs> um, so. so they they're, they're going to get there they're going to get their reps out there but um i would i think i would kind of let this guy slide a little bit um, yeah. see if maybe a few weeks into the season a few weeks into spring training whatever you want to call it uh if he picks up any steam of yeah he's going to be a catcher yeah he's going to be an outfielder mm-hmm. he's going to platoon between the two a la Blake Swihart um you know we'll then we discuss it, but I think for now, you got to let that guy slide.
0: Yeah, and I know a lot of his appeal is his uh, his ability to run. Uh, he had three stolen bags last year, finished in the 86th percentile for sprint speed. So, you know, you roto guys out there where steals are obviously more important uh, than other leagues. He's going to be taken early. People are going to really be thirsty for those stolen bags. But a name you brought up five minutes ago, Christian Vasquez. He's had multiple stolen bags every year. So, why not get a guy at the position that's way more productive and also sprinkles in a couple of steals on top? You know, just a little food for thought. Now, you
1: got to, the other thing you have to remember, though, he has to get on base. (laughs) You have to get get up to bat and then get on first to be able to steal second. So, if he's not getting at bats, he isn't stealing.
0: Kevin, Kevin, are you a baseball coach? That was a pretty good analysis, bud. That was awesome. Yeah, because you, know, you could be the fastest guy on the planet, but if you can't get on first base, you ain't stealing a bag. <clears throat> Billy Hamilton. Uh, yep. Why is it Billy Hamilton,
1: you know, 50 stolen bases every single year? Yeah. Okay. The dude bats 214.
0: That's yeah. It. <laughs> it has an OBP less than that. Somehow yeah. it doesn't even get on bases more than his batting average, which is. I think it's possible. Okay, so let's go into kind of the meat of the bust section. Um, I just need – I know this is going to sound soft and kind of like a cop-out, but I'm going to say it off the top here. Just because I I think they're going to bust doesn't mean I think they're bad players. Uh, It's just, you know, we're talking about ADPs here and when you have to take them, and certain players are going too early, in my opinion, so they have to make the bust list. And like we said earlier, this position is kind of thin. Uh, It gets a little bit uh, hard to find busts, as I came to find out. So uh, number two on my bust list is Salvador Perez, currently being drafted as the number two catcher, 87.6 overall. See, that is where I have an issue. Now, Sal Perez has been a perennial producer. Guy is great. But he's come at value for the last three years, and this year he's coming with zero additional value. I mean, pick 87, you're looking at, if you're in a 10-team league, you're talking about 8-9. You stretch into a little bit deeper league, that moves up. I don't know. I think at those rounds, I'm still looking to get myself another pitcher. I'm still looking to beef up my outfield or, or, or grab a sleeper somewhere else, and I think I would just rather wait uh, and get a guy a little bit later that produces similarly.
1: Yeah. This is Sal Perez is a guy that I think falls into that category of, he was a stud for 10 plus years, whatever you want to call it. He's a fan favorite. So they're going to draft him. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you, to win the fantasy league, man, you gotta be, you gotta be biased. You know, you gotta be cutthroat. It's a, It's a year-in, year-out thing, not, you know, uh, dynasty league where you hold on to guys that are your fan favorites or whatever. Um, Yeah, Sal Perez, man, I'm a big believer in him. I love watching him play, but this is the thing that I think I can name 10 catchers right now that are probably better than him, both in baseball and fantasy-wise, you know? Yeah.
0: and you know what you're going to get with Sal Perez. You know, he's, there is no next level right. of production with Sal Perez, and it might be great. You know, last year he was hurt for a little bit. He came on strong and was an absolute monster. Actually, he was the highest points per game catcher in 2020. You know, a, bit, a kind of wonky season, take it, take it, as, it as it is. Uh, but like you said, he's getting the, up there in age, uh, and I don't see him moving off of the position, so they're just going to keep catching him. And that wear and tear, that's going to weigh on him. And you know, it's, even if even if I do like him, and I and I do, I think he's a good player. I'm not taking him that early.
1: No, no, I, I definitely won't take him that early. I, you know, we made the analogy early on about kind of the tight end position in fantasy football to here. When I look at the catcher ranks, it's almost just you're you're kind of hoping to catch that lightning in the bottle type of thing. You're not really, you know, none of these guys are going to win you a fantasy league. You're almost just hoping to, hey, I'm hoping I draft, a, a, you know, Sean Murphy the catcher out in Oakland. Yeah. You know, and he catches fire and you get this huge output of offensive numbers that really boost your core, you know, your Mookie Betts, Trout, mm-hmm. Tatis, type of guys that are going to consistently be your best players and best players in the league. So I don't want to say stream your catchers, but once you get outside of that top two or three catchers in the league, it's, I think it's really, you know, it's up for grabs. I guess, yeah, no, that's the you know? best way. I mean,
0: if you, that's the polite way to put it. If you're going to put it in a less polite way, it is a complete crap show. Yeah, complete, complete crapshoot rather. Yeah. And, you know, like you brought up Sean Murphy's name. He kind of came out of nowhere fantasy wise last year and he was a pretty good ball player. Austin Nola, that guy was not drafted last year. And yet he was on a lot of teams and he was starting for a lot of contending teams of fantasy. Mitch Garver is another guy who comes to mind two years ago. He wasn't drafted anywhere and he caught fire and he's like the type of player you look at and you go, I'm not picking him up. He's just he sucks. He's a bum two weeks later, he's still doing it. You're like, I got to pick up this fucking guy. Right. You know, he's one of those. And, you know, Pedro Severino is another guy who comes to mind from last year. Uh, He was just sitting on waiver wires. No one's adding him, even in deep leagues. All of a sudden he becomes too good to deny. And you pick him up and it just seems like, you know, you, you you touched on it. There's a top three or four top, whatever it is. And after that, it's just like a muddied bunch of who knows, so why take somebody high when you can wait and just take a gamble and, like you said, maybe even stream the position?
1: Right, right. And, yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm just going through kind of our rankings right now. Like, one of the names that pops out is Wilson Ramos, right? Mm-hmm. That guy was a beast. And I still hold out hope for him to be a beast, to return to form. He's out in Detroit now. And, again, another team that stinks. Yeah, <laughs> gonna yeah. You know, it's, it's he's planning to continue his baseball career. The guy had power. The guy was a legit backstop for you know three four years there before he he had some injury. What I forget what the injury was that really kind of derailed him. Um, and I do think there's still value there, but I don't know if he's going to get drafted. You know, I think that's another guy that might. You know, we're looking to. Fill the last spot, and mm-hmm. we'll take him. But he very well could be wave a wire type of player as well that returns to form, and now everyone wants him, and you can just pick him up.
0: You know, maybe that's the theme of the first episode of High Heat: is uh target tanking teams. <laughs> a little alliteration for you.
1: Yeah, I, I just like I think there's there's logic behind. Like, there's not, it's not an accident that these guys just end up on bad teams. Mm-hmm. You know, that just Wilson Ramos, um, Pedro Severino, um, Jorge Alfaro in Miami, uh, you mm-hmm. know, Baltimore is terrible. Yeah. Gonna, Baltimore might not win, they might not win 75 games. They'll be lucky to win <laughs> 65. You know, yeah. oh yeah. You know, and I think I'm being very generous and I think you know, I think everyone's kind of waiting for Chris Davis to
0: <laughs> not suck, cough, cough,
1: cough <laughs> get back on the um, steroids. What who said that? Um, you know, in, in return to form that bought him that fifty fifty home runs and whatever that ridiculous contract that he has yeah. now is. Um, but hey, yeah. you
0: do it once. You can make a lot of money in baseball. Ooh,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you hit, you have one year where you hit 50 home runs, you're, you're going to get paid.
0: All right. So here's my last boss. And it, it's, again, it's ADP related because I don't even know. It, maybe I'm just an idiot. Maybe you look at this and go, Matt, listen, you're a moron. He's ranked as my number one catcher. Number one. The number one catcher. And I have him as a bust. JT Real Muto.
1: Yeah. I'm shrugging. I don't know. Yeah. You know, he's the number one catcher. Bottom line. um, Take it as you want. Whatever you think of that. He is the number one guy. Um, And I do think it's him. You know, as Billy Bean said in Moneyball, it's him. 50 feet of crap. And then, the rest of the population, the rest of the um field. Yeah. So lumping him in with the bust, I could see it, but he's also gonna set the mark for it. You know, he's mm-hmm. gonna be the if he hits 250, okay. Well, now we're comparing him to everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. We're comparing the I'm trying to think of another, like we're comparing the Will Smiths, Wilson Contreras, um, Yasmani Grandals, those catches of the world that are inside. Like the tier two guys. Right. Two. Well, what's Real Mudo doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and I I think that's going to be the moral for the catching position throughout the year. You know, and I fully agree that going in when I saw your rankings, I was like, dude, there's no way because he's setting the mark. He's Mm -hmm. setting where the catching market should be and where it um, is going to end up. What I completely forgot about until the other day, he broke his fingers. His thumb. His thumb, yeah, on his his throwing
0: throwing hand. hand, yeah.
1: Which is a huge benefit, right? Like catching dudes pumping 98, 99, 100 consistently, it's going to linger. Mm-hmm. Being on his throwing hand might limit it a little bit, but I don't know if you know anyone out there. You go swing a bat.
0: Oh yeah, that's you know, not easy. Go,
1: it's it's gonna be a thing. Yeah,
0: it's gonna oh be yeah, a
1: thing, and that's an injury that it's in a location where it could just linger, and the more it lingers, becomes more painful to swing a bat. Hundred percent could see him drop, um, but. I'm not ready to call him a bust yet. Come back to me in a month, two months. Yep. Let's see where he's at. And I could very easily jump on that train, but I think for right now he sets the mark where it is and we have to roll mm-hmm. with that.
0: No, you're hundred percent correct. He's the best catcher in terms of fantasy and probably in terms of real baseball. Um, uh, he's con- like, he's just always at the top of, of uh, in terms of production, um, at the position, uh, and, and don't get me wrong. If your draft strategy is to lock down uh, a, a very meager position and, and get the best guy, go ahead and do it. Um, and just you got to build around him. Here's a, that's pretty much it. And like I said, he's not, I don't think he's going to be a bust in terms of his season. I think he's a bust in terms of his ADP and some guys who are getting drafted after him that I just couldn't pass up for real Muto uh, guys like Raphael Devers, Marcelo Zuna, George Springer, Aaron judge, those guys I'm just going to take more often than not over GT real Muto. And that's just the hitters. I mean, Glasnow, Blake Snell, Zach Gallen, Um, If you believed in the changes of Kenta Maeda uh, in Minnesota, those are the guys that are going to be there in the, you know, his project, he's a 41 ADP. You're looking at 10th, you're looking at a fourth round, third round, if you're a little bit bigger league. So uh, in in those ranges, I just won't take Riamuto Now, we might be talking in a couple months and he might be on my trade for list all over the place. I may trade for him in every league because he is that good. And like you said, that, that thumb injury, if it proves to heal correctly and he's looks normal, he's going to be probably the best catcher in fantasy. It's just, when it comes to that draft capital, I'm just not ready to take it. So I guess it's kind of like, a. I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of a weak call in terms of busts, but you know, sometimes you just kind of you got to hack for the fences, baby.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, in in I think again, go back to the tight end analogy. One guy that I really, really don't think gets the full love he deserves is your man Yasmani grandall I mm-hmm. mean, I, I I'm a big fan of him. I really think. That especially being positioned in that lineup, where he might he very well could be hitting sixth, seventh in that White Sox Mm -hmm. lineup because it's loaded. Yeah,
0: they
1: they still got they still got Jose Abreu. That dude gets slept on in that lineup big time. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you throw Tim Anderson at the top. They got guys that can play. You know, um, they got guys that can play, and I think comes back to another analogy of they need a pitch to someone. And I think Grendahl is going to see a lot more pitches to hit and the Duke can hit. So I think month, two months, three months in, you could be seeing a Grendahl, you know, number one catching catcher in fantasy. I just think that's a guy, you know, I know now we're kind of looking outside that top five after him. But if you if you want to be ballsy, I guess is a way to put it. Don't be afraid to go, you know, Grendel a little bit over Remuto. That's my hot take, I think.
0: Ballsy. We are ballsy over here. <laughs> High Heat ain't no unballsy people. We are ballsy. <laughs> without a doubt. And, without a doubt. And I'm just gonna let you in. We we we've already set up at the top here. We're gonna talk about our own teams. We don't care if you don't like it, get used to it because that's what we're gonna do. And I'm probably keeping Yasmany Grendel in my main dynasty league. So I will be playing. Your last 30 seconds on a loop every night and dream very happily. <laughs> keeping and Grandal. All right, so yeah. to speed things up a bit, instead of diving into all three of my stashes, I'm just going to bang them out, one, two, three, and and we can just talk about them really quick. Uh, stashes in deep leagues, because if you play in shallow leagues, you're not stashing catcher. Plain and simple. But in deeper leagues, here are my three stashes. Uh, at number three, Ryan Jeffers, catcher from Minnesota. Uh, Mitch Garver has been good for them, but this kid is a pretty touted prospect and he got a little bit of taste last year. And so far the reports coming out is they could be you know a pretty much a platoon and I like uh, I like the, the idea of stashing him in case he becomes you know the strong side of that platoon. Uh, number two, Joey Bart. Uh, he played a lot last year, and this kid is a stud. He was one of the best p- catching prospects in all of baseball. Uh, and just Buster Posey, I love Posey. He's been one of my favorite players for a long time. But his days of catching, uh, more often than not, are done. Uh, I could see this year being more of like a celebratory. Put him in here and there, but this is Joey Bartz. Uh, he's going to be the catcher. I, I, I have to admit, I have to, I have to believe for most of the year uh, and my number one stash is the best catching prospect in all of baseball uh, a player that i am super excited to finally see crack the big leagues adley roushman um, you mentioned it earlier <laughs> baltimore sucks will they call him up it's it, i don't know exactly what their philosophy is going to be so he could be called up in the middle of the year to see what they have. He might be left down all year because why waste the service time? So he's going to be a stash out of the draft gates and and then we'll figure it out from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. And you know, this, the service time thing for me, I, I hate because Mm -hmm. if you're a terrible team, you know, and you, you stink like Baltimore does and will, why are you keeping these guys down there? You know, mm-hmm. fine if you don't think you know if if he comes up and sets the world on fire, and for whatever reason you don't think he's the guy, you don't want to build around him. I don't know. Maybe he's a bad clubhouse dude. Maybe you don't think he his off field habits are the best. I don't know. Whatever yeah. you value as Baltimore is a dumpster fire of an organization, so they'll mm-hmm. make something up for why they don't like him trade him, get something for him. You know, another team is going to 100% take this dude because he has, like you said, he's number one catching prospect in baseball. and
0: Former number one overall pick.
1: Well, no, yeah. He's yeah, a stud. Yeah. So, you know, I, I hate the service time thing. I get it. Me too. It makes sense. Me too, man. But what are you doing? Just, you know, we're trying to save baseball here. Let this kid come up and just play. We should have a
0: Save Baseball podcast. I mean, it would be a four-hour bonanza.
1: Oh, all right. But, yeah,
0: that would be a great conversation to have.
1: Yeah, without a doubt.
0: All right, so we we talked about the backstop. So let's let's dive back into the relief pitchers. Um, I'm going to start with the busts here. Keep the mood low, and then we'll bring it back up. As we wrap up. You know what I mean? We brought like it up, like bring you. it down. It's like I think it's a it's like a techno rule. You know what I mean? You bring right. the heart's beat up, then you bring it down, then you bring it back up, beat the beep drop, you know what I mean? ba da ba whatever. Uh, <laughs> so my number one bust right now is Raphael Montero, relief pitcher from Seattle. Uh, mainly because he just doesn't have a track record of being a dominant closer. He's been a pretty good uh, relief pitcher. He pitched a little bit for Texas and now for Seattle. Um But Seattle, they're one of those weird teams that they could find themselves a month in like, holy shit, we have a chance to compete a little bit here. They got some great young players. And if this if they start, you know, making the big league roster sooner rather than later, they're going to need. Uh, their best players at certain positions to kind of gain those roles. And I just don't see that being Rafael Montero mainly because they have a young and Andre Munoz that they got from the San Diego Padres who's coming off an injury. So he may not be ready initially, but when he's ready that dude throws gas and he could be their dynamic end of the bullpen type of guy. So Montero I'm staying away from him.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's a safe bet. I, again, I think, you know, the closer, unless you're in that top three guy where you know, hey, he's the closer, you know, whatever. Push comes to shove no matter what. He's getting the ball in the ninth inning when we need need to close out the game. Unless you're that dude, that ninth inning save opportunity is kind of up for grabs across the board, you know. So, yeah, it could be, you know, Matt Barnes for to relate back to the Red Sox, you know, it could be Matt Barnes, but I don't think it's going to be every single night. You know, you're going to get a Matt Barnes. You're going to get an Adam on the veto. You're going to get, I'm going to screw up the dude's name, the Japanese pitcher we just got. Well, um, oh, we'll
0: talk about him. We'll yeah. be talking about him.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you got three guys right there that any given night Cora could roll out and be like, Hey, go shut this down for us. Um, for me, if it's not Adam on veto every night, if he's not our ninth inning guy and stays our ninth inning guy, we're going to have some issues. I'm
0: mm-hmm. going
1: to, I'm going to set a uh, strongly worded email to <laughs> Alex Cora. Um, the dude's, the dude's nasty, just bottom line. But anyways, yeah. You know, unless you're that, that top two, three guy in the league, that closer role mm-hmm. is anyone's on any given night on 20, I'd say probably 22 out of the 30 teams. Yeah, Yeah, really. So it's, yeah, I would stay away from him for sure.
0: So we talked about somebody who's kind of lesser known, but now number two on my bustles is someone who is very much known. Kenley Jensen, uh, closer from the LA Dodgers. And here's kind of where I'm at on him. His stat cast data last year was superb. I mean, he was in the hundred percentile for hard hit rate his exit velocity was much worse at 99th percentile so he was very good there um, but this is kind of where i'm thinking on him he's gonna be 34 years old he's getting a little bit older and his fastball philosophy has kind of died off last year uh in the weird season, it was down to the 27th percentile, um, and that's down from the 34th percentile in 2019. So it's kind of a steady decline. And on top of that, um, he wasn't dynamic, and he wasn't great in their postseason run. And I know that's kind of like a weird thing because uh, postseason success or failure doesn't always go hand in hand with the following years of fantasy production. But on a team like you know, the Dodgers, who are, Their their aspirations for October start today That's how good they are Um, I just don't know if he's going to be um, The dominant guy that we're used to Um, Is he going to be good? Oh, for sure He's not going to fall off a cliff that much Because he's still like He's not that old He's 33 going to 34 But, you know, to take him uh, As one of the highest uh, drafted closers off the board You know, at closer 15 uh, I'm just kind of fading him at that point
1: yeah you know I, I guess my train of thought is almost the um starting nine or jared carabas take 2020 if you sucked during 2020 doesn't count if you had a good if you had a good 60 games i'll give you credit for it and we'll take it mm-hmm. but if you're you struggled during 2020 i'm um, Uh, It's a wash. I'm not really paying much attention to it, not really allowing that to kind of get in because we heard the other day, like, J.D. Martinez, was yeah, I I didn't keep myself ready to go because of the shutdown, whatever. Take that as you will, but I think a lot of guys fall into that category. They didn't know what the hell was going on. The MLB was a dumpster fire from the word go. So, that being said, though, you know, He was pretty good He was was. pretty good He was pretty good And this is another thing of why we kind of go back to the Shadow Or take the team The guys on shitty teams The Dodgers have a dude Named Blake Trine I don't know if you guys know He's pretty damn good as well
0: Oh, He's on the list, he's coming up as well
1: So, you know if, If Kenley's not getting it done And you know Two or three opportunities here. He struggles for a week. That ninth inning job's now handed over to Blake. Hey, all right, your turn. Next guy up. Because we're the Dodgers and we're just we're a juggernaut that is just mm-hmm. going to be keep rolling out talent. And like you said, their aspirations aren't just for October. Their aspirations to win the last game of the year for the next two years. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they're they want to repeat Again and they're going to do it again They're going to keep playing They're going to keep dominating So I think it's, it, it's tough to say Jansen's a bust Be, I think the, the the bust category is followed by the awful postseason he had You know he blew like what four or five saves mm-hmm. along in the postseason Some awful yeah. But he blew two, se- two saves all year You know, two series on 13 opportunities throughout 2020, pretty good numbers. But, again, for where he's being drafted, I see why the bust category is there. The competition there with Blake and Trinan, I can see it. But I do think if, if for me, if I had to choose between the two, I think they invested money in um, Jansen, and I think they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt.
0: Oh, there's no question that he – I mean, he's their guy that they've invested in over the years, and he's going to get the first crack. And if he runs with it, he runs with it. And I will wear the egg on my face reluctantly, but I will. Uh, I'm I'll, gonna, make,
1: I'll make sure I'll throw it. You know, while, you got, once I mean, he,
0: someone's got to keep me <laughs> freaking accountable, right? I can't just be running wild on this show, taking back my my takes and just – talking out of my ass here right yeah so yeah so kevin a yep. kevin the egg thrower Perdio. so that, that that's, oh, that's yeah, what baby. we called on this on this podcast so my last bust is ryan presley and kevin i'm just gonna break off some bro science because i really don't have any actual statistics to hold uh to stand on when it comes to this guy he was absolutely electric last year his era was 2.74 his his expected ERA was in the 93rd percentile. His whiff rate was in the 93rd percentile. He was electric for the Houston Astros, but I just see guys without the star factor all the time, get overhyped pre-draft season only to become a bust on your draft, on your fantasy teams. I don't mean you specifically, Kevin, I just mean our listeners or whoever. Um, And he was hit a little bit last year. I mean, his hard hit percentage is in the 19th percentile, which is not good. You want that to be higher when you're talking about percentiles. So I don't, I, feel, I can't necessarily break off the statistics, but as a man who admits he's not 100% in on analytics, maybe you can appreciate my bro science of just saying, this guy doesn't smell good. I'm just not taking him.
1: Yeah, I, I fully agree. Fully am on that train. Um, again, when we're talking closers, Hot take, you have to have a lead to be a closer. Your team has to be winning, right? Yeah. I don't know if you guys kind of like lost the news or didn't hear. Or you live under a rock, you know. Uh, George Springer is no I longer. Didn't get that. Could you Siri's yelling at me? Siri heard you. Uh... <laughs> hey, shut up, Siri. Shut yeah, your mouth. right. Um Sorry about that, but yeah, um, George Springer is out in uh, you know he's up north of the border right now. Mm -hmm. So that's a big piece and a big offensive guy that left. Um, That's another hole in the lineup that they are going to have to try to figure out. I'm not on the Houston hype train. I don't think they're going to be that good. I don't think they're that juggernaut that was in the World Series, you know, NLCS, whatever, for the last Mm -hmm. few years. I, I don't buy it. I don't I think they're done. I think they runs over, which translates to Presley just being another guy. Another yeah. another dude.
0: A jag, if you will.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Another bum. Just kind of oh, you know, yeah. let's let's go, you know. He might be he, you know, I don't know, might be looking for a bar buddy in a few a few months from now. You know, I I'm not in on him. Bottom line, I'm not yeah. in on him. I'm just yeah. kinda let's stay away. You guys can have them if you want them. I'm going to keep my distance, I think.
0: I Yeah, I completely agree. So that will wrap up my closer or leaf pitcher busts. So let's go ahead and dive into some of my sleepers. Uh, my number one sleeper is Blake Trinan. I'm not going to really talk much more about him because I think you did a great job kind of bringing him up uh, in in our conversation about Kenley Jensen. This guy was great for them last year. He has a track record of being Absolutely electric. Uh, Some of his pitches don't eat, I think they defy the laws of physics the way they dance. It's insane. And they paid him too. You know, he got a decent little contract to come back to Dodgers. It's not Kenley Jansen money, not not, nowhere near there, but it was, you know, it wasn't a bag of baseballs. They they gave him some good money to come back. And I think they have the confidence in him to be electric um, and to be that ninth inning guy if Kenley Jansen can't cut it so that's my number one
1: yeah I'm 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 on the train you know I I fully agree that it's going to be Jansen's job to lose and he's going to know that Trinan's right there you know he got firsthand experience watching him pitch last year and how dominant he was when he got the ball in his hand Um, and I think that you know the two of them tied together I think Jansen seeing that hey if you don't Get your act together. You don't get your shit together. We got another dude right here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's your call. We're good either way because we got a guy that's going to shut it down. Might light a fire under Jansen's ass. If not, turn the ball over to Trinan. You know, and he's nasty. You know, he, if I'm in game seven of a World Series, I'm more than comfortable handing Trinan the ball without a doubt. Um, So it's Jansen's job to lose, but. Trinan's, you know, he he's nipping at the heels, I guess. It would be a nice way to put it. He's right there, without a doubt.
0: Yeah. And, I, and you know, in my re- relief pitcher rankings before we get into spring training, uh, it was so hard to kind of differentiate the two that I actually put Trinan at 12 and Jansen at 13. And it's just kind of a coin flip. One of those guys will win, and he, he will probably go up in my rankings. The other guy will lose out, and he'll fall in my rankings but we will have to keep an eye on it because they could switch yeah. really gonna, throughout the they're season. They're
1: going to hurt each other. Gonna, they could, they, yeah. They're going to hurt each other mm-hmm. because if one dominates, the other is going to lose the opportunity. Exactly.
0: So, right. so yeah. as of right now, I got both of them in my top 15. By the time we kick off the season, I will not have both of them in my top 15. Uh, my number two sleeper right now is being drafted as – let me find him here. You know what I'm coming to find out here? A little sidebar. Looking through ADPs isn't as easy as I thought it would in terms of my eyes just gravitating to him. Boom. Small talk over. Here he is. Reliever right now. He's going as, as reliever 40 Amir Garrett. He pitches out of uh, Cincinnati. Um, they actually traded away their their closer over the last few years, Rysiel Iglesias, to the LA Angels of Anaheim. So that – Position is now kind of vacant, and Garrett has kind of emerged as the senior of the bullpen. Um, he's been around now for a couple years, and the dude's just electric. You know, he's got a great fastball. He's got a wipeout slider, and he made a lot of the improvements you like to see on a year-to-year basis. I mean, his K percentage went up about six percent. His walk weight walk rate went down about five percent. Um, and in 2019, his barrel percentage was only was a meager 3.9. So if this guy's got gets the chance to close out ball games, he will, could be an absolute stud. And if he nesses and if he's not the closer, he still might give you value because he might be that type of pitcher that they go an inning and two thirds, two two innings, and he can get you five Ks in those two innings, uh, and really help your ratios if you're in re- in, a, in a rota league or rack up the points if you're in a points league so somebody that i'm targeting a little bit later in drafts someone that i have higher on my draft board uh, on my rankings list opposed to adp is amir garrett
1: yeah um you know i'm right there with you amir garrett i actually thought was going to be the one that was shipped out because i think a lot of teams know the value he brings and how good Mm -hmm. he is so i thought he I could have saw both of them going, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I do think Cincinnati, you know, is in that just screw it. We're just not there yet. We need to get pieces in to really build um, build this up. I think especially after losing, like you, we knew Bauer wasn't going back there. Um, I think they were trying to strike lightning in the bottle last year, but they know they're not there yet, you know, and um, Garrett is a guy that I definitely think is – is nasty and he's going to, like you said, if he's not the closer, because they're not having leads in the ninth inning, because they're another team that just might not be there. Um, he's going to go in inning in two thirds. And in that inning and two thirds, he's going to get you five Ks. Hell he could get you six. Oh yeah. He's that good. His fastball is that dominant. And he also brings the attitude of, he doesn't care if it's a 10, nothing game. Or a one run game, he just bring the attitude of I'm getting my job done and I'm going to dominate you day in and day out. So mm-hmm. I don't care what the score is. Let's go. It's me versus you and the best is going to win.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I He's got it. that mentality. Yeah. I mean he, he, he didn't he try to fight the entire Pittsburgh Steelers team I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh Pirates team one time. I don't know. He's yeah, he's yeah, crazy in all the right ways.
1: Yeah, that's that the um that's a podcast I, I listened to a little bit about. It's an interesting one. Cause I've got this both sides are I think it was starting nine or whatever. I keep going back to them. Um, you can see what kind of podcast I listen to. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, baseball. Um, We're baseball guys. Yeah.
1: Baby. So yeah, they. I think they got both of the guys on at different times, telling different sides of the story. It seemed like it was um, kind of a misunderstanding. Almost, uh, I forget who he was really going after, but same thing. You know, he ran basically into the pirates' dugout and was like, "Let's go! I'll take every one of you." Um, mm-hmm. And you know, like I contribute this. I was I'm a hockey guy as well. You know, hockey goalies. You have to be a little bit tapped to yeah. be a goalie. You have to be a little bit tapped to be a closer in Major League Baseball. You know, Jonathan Papelbon. Yeah, was like you hear the guy talking. You're like, this dude is a space cadet. Like he's <laughs> not. He's not on Earth. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? He was dominant at his job. And I think there's there's a reason behind that, you know. Oh, yeah. So Amir Garrett's a guy I, I definitely like and definitely high on.
0: Yeah. So we are lockstep when it comes to Amir Garrett. And uh here that brings us to my number three sleeper. Now, this guy is you can call this guy Snorlax because he is a deep sleeper. Uh that's a Pokemon reference for all you children out there. Uh Kevin and I, uh, you were, you must have been a Pokemon guy.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, of
0: course. Who who, who yeah. was a Pokemon guy? Uh,
1: Pikachu's my guy. I love he, Pikachu.
0: He's a man. And uh, so maybe maybe this nickname will stick on. Who knows? But Red Sox, you you brought him up earlier. Red Sox signed uh, Hirokazu Sawamura out of the Japanese baseball, the professional league. Um, and this guy is a complete wild card. Obviously, he has no. Stats in major leagues, but his stats over in Japan are quite filthy and uh, he's coming off not a full season of dominance, but it was a half season of dominance Uh, from what I've read and what I've been able to learn about his situation. uh, He kind of just he was on the team for a long time and it seemed like the two needed to part ways. Uh, So that happened and he was traded and when he was traded, the guy was an absolute monster had a sub two ERA in 22 games pitched. He's got what he's got good strikeout stuff. He throws in the mid nineties. He's got a good split finger fastball. Um, and personally, I just, as a Red Sox fan, I've seen them uh, have good luck with guys with similar profiles, you know, splitter fastball slider guys, you know, Papabon, you brought him up. That was kind of his repertoire. Uh, Koji Uihara, uh, so I, in the fact that the Red Sox seem to have a better bullpen, but they don't have a necessarily mapped out role, their roles aren't mapped out yet. You know, Barnes has shown his whole career. He's better in the seventh and eighth. Uh, Adam Anovino has never really had a track record of closing, even though I think if you gave him that chance, he's way nasty and could take care of it. You might see it. There, there's there's a non-zero chance here that Sawamura leads the red Sox in saves and because he's coming virtually free in even the deepest of leagues you know you take a shot on him you draft him you put him on your roster and you see what you got if in a week he only has a couple of appearances and it doesn't seem like there's really going to be anything to it you drop him you move on and it's no harm no foul but if this guy catches fire in a week you don't want to be stuck there thinking yourself Shit, I could have had this guy for nothing. And now I'm in some sort of free agent budget war, or I don't have the right waiver claim, or a bunch of the guys in the league are already talking about it, uh, talking about him and and hyping him up. So, why don't you go ahead and throw him on your roster at the end of your draft and and see if you catch lightning in a bottle? Because this guy, like I said, has a not, it's the best way I could put it. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a, a cop out here, but it's a non zero chance that he is the closer for the Red Sox.
1: Yeah, I you know, I I look at the Boston bullpen as a whole. I right? they got what four dudes that you can rely on to give the ball in any mm-hmm. situation, period. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like
0: <laughs> whether you're
1: winning or losing, he's gotta get the ball in his hand. Um and I think there's value there in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really wheel of gutless bums, ninety eight five <laughs> calls it that <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's, yeah. it's 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 amazing that I don't even want to call them like athletes. I, I don't even know what they are that they rolled out during 2020.
0: Humans. So we'll call like, them humans. We'll, yeah. Just they, them they,
1: baseball humans. They took the the beer vendors and you know, were like, oh, here you go. Actually, you know what? The beer vendors might have been better. They might have been better at throwing. <laughs> um they took the like the jug's pitching machine and was like, here, we're gonna have to take a shot. T-. We're going to clone you into a human and just see what happens, yeah. You know, um, yeah. So, again, Barnes, Adevito, Sara they're going to get the ball, whether it's in the ninth inning or the fifth inning, they're going to have the ball in their hands. So, there's value there in general. When you look at the closing role, I do think it's Adam Adevino's job. I I just I see it more as they're going to see what they have in Saramora, which is why I think the stash keep them there because they're going to have to see what they have in them. And that might take a month and see. Um, But going in, you know, opening day is tomorrow and I'm Alex Cora. Barnes is my seventh, eighth inning guy. And I'm giving the ball to Adam Adovino in the ninth. Um, But Saramora is going to work his way in. He's going to challenge both of those guys, I think, and it's going to be a good problem to have. Um, the other guy, Hideki Okajima, way back when. Don't yep. forget about Oki. That dude Oki was good. You know, his theme song walking in was electric. I yeah. loved it. Had no idea what they were saying, but it was it was electric. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think Okajima and Saramora and Koji, these they have these track records of finding these. Japanese pitchers that just come out of nowhere mm-hmm. and set the world on fire for two or three seasons, and then they're like, "All right, see you later." And that's who I think sarmo is going to be. He's going to be here for two or three years, and then see you later. Go get paid somewhere else if you want, but I think we're going to be done with you.
0: Yeah, and, and to your point, Adam Alvino is going basically undrafted. So if that's your—that's—that's that's crazy. You know, that's, if that's the cut of your jib, if that's kind of your, the cup of tea you want to take a sip from. Take him. Or if you want to double dip in the Red Sox bullpen, take them both and see I, what sticks.
1: Yeah. Adamon just just he got so overshadowed in that Yankees bullpen. Mm-hmm. Don't look at his Yankee tenure. Look at when he was with the Rockies. This dude's slider is gonna start at a right-hander's right-handed batter's hip and hit the outside corner. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's devastating. And I I think. When you're going up with, you know, you got the Chapman's, you got, um, Del- Brayton, Brayton, uh, Dylan, mm-hmm. Dylan Batansis was over there for a period mm-hmm. of time. They were loaded. That yeah. bullpen was like, oh my god, five of these guys could be closers on twenty five other teams. You know, so I think he got overshadowed because he struggled the first month he got in there, and then they were like, all right, we got five other guys that can yeah. do it. He's good. He's good. He's going to be dominant. I think that's a guy I didn't realize he was going undrafted. I would, I would draft him. I think it's definitely worth picking him up. I think he's going to get the
0: shots. There you go. You know, so, you come here for three sleepers on this podcast. You get four, baby, because we bring it to you. We are for you. We want you guys to win your leagues. We want all you to go to your draft, dominate. And when they say, "What the hell happened?" You weren't like this last year. You go high heat baseball, bitch. That's what I want. That's what we want. All right. Oh, yeah. So we kind of dug through the, the the meat and the potatoes of this of this podcast. So I'm just gonna relay those last three. Uh, relief pitcher stashes that I have. And again, much like catcher in deep in shallow leagues, you're not really stashing relievers. You're looking, you're you're putting them on your watch list. You're monitoring them in free agency. Um, But in deeper leagues, maybe you want to take uh, a shot on these guys or or whatever, but these are some guys worth keeping an eye on or stashing. Uh, Number three, Alex Reyes from the St. Louis Cardinals, a former top, And pitching prospect is finally finding a home in the bullpen and their bullpen. That's kind of unclear as well. They got two or three guys that may close, but you know, when the rubber meets the road, Alex race might just have the best stuff and he could find his way to the back end of that bullpen. And if they're semi good or even just mediocre, He's gonna get you strikeouts. He's gonna get you uh, uh, some good. Some some, he's gonna rack up some of those stats there, and he could be somebody that by the end of the year, being like, you might look at your team being like, "Thank God, uh, 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 Alex Reyes was on my radar." Uh, Number two, uh, back to Baltimore. Holy shit! I mean, I I, for such a crappy team, we've talked about Baltimore quite a bit. So uh, shout out Maryland, all you guys. Uh, Hunter Harvey, another high-end pitching talent who's Added Roy, his, his career's been a roller coaster ride. He's had some injuries. Um, you know, but the kid's got a sweet mullet. Seems like he doesn't have all the marbles, a little bit of a screw loose. And we talked about that. That's great for closers. Um, you know, and and even bad teams, uh, their closers can be valuable in fantasy. So Hunter Harvey, keep him on your radar, keep keep your eye on him. Uh, my number one stash. Uh, in the relief pitcher position is Emilio Pagan of the San Diego Padres. The Padres went super say on this off season. They went and loaded up. They look like they're going to be one of the best teams in the league, um, but they also lost someone who kind of had led their team in saves over the last couple of years in uh, why am I drawing a blank on the man's name? Help me out, Kevin.
1: Oh, the um,
0: why am I drawing a blank? Yeah, on his name? Trevor
1: Rosenthal. Rosenthal, no, 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 but that's um, one of
0: them though. I'm just gonna look it up. Kirby um, Yates, Kirby Yates, yeah. Oh my god, what a brain fart that was. Holy cannoli.
1: Both of us,
0: yeah. You know what happened? Brain farts are contagious. You look for someone to help you like, uh wait, I think we're on the same wavelength here. I think I just
1: like wow, hopefully, no (laughs) baseball like coaches or whatever that you know, I coach, I coach Listen to this. That was bad. I think I just got fired.
0: Hopefully there wasn't some glitch on your podcasting service where they cut you to the end of the show and you go, wait, these guys are talking about closers and they don't even know what their names are. No, we do. (laughs) We just had a mistake here, but he's in Toronto uh, with George Springer and they are, there's not a clear guy necessarily that is in their bullpen uh, coming into spring training. So I'm not exactly uh, sure who, is touted as closer. Let me look that up actually, cause I'm a little curious to see what roster resource has as their current closer. Uh, they actually have drew Pomerance as their closer who could be very good. Uh, but I also could see him being kind of like that fireman guy. Uh, you know, someone who gets big outs not in the ninth inning um, they have Mark Melanson, who's kind of been a closer his whole career, but Emilio Pagan, if you remember him when he played for Tampa, that guy has filthy, filthy stuff. And if you know, he finds his way into the ninth inning on that team. You, you're you looking at a guy who could go from not even on anyone's draft board to being a top five guy in saves if given that chance. So, uh, again, you're probably not drafting him because of how low he is on the totem pole, but somebody you want to keep your eye on in Emilio Pagan.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um, like you said, Pomerantz. Jesus, I keep forgetting he's over there, you know? Yeah, I with, thought his, with good money. They signed oh yeah. him for, like, a, oh yeah. $9 million a year. Yeah, he, like, found new life in the bullpen, Yeah, you know, and, and big time. I think earlier, a few weeks ago, MLB ranked him as, like, the fifth best relief pitcher in baseball. Some crazy, <laughs> like, all right, they like, slow down. Like, he's not that good. My true? <laughs> yeah. Why wasn't he this good when he was here? All right, Um but, yeah, I agree. Put the fire out type of guy. More of that long-release mm-hmm. role, I think. I don't think they hand him the ball in the ninth. Um, and I do think Emilio Pagan's going to get his opportunities. So, stash him. Stash him, definitely.
0: You heard the man. Stash him up. Now, Kevin, this is pretty much the end of episode one. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything you want to throw out there for the listeners?
1: No. I mean, um, it's going to be an interesting season just because, I, again, I think 2020, a lot of players that stunk last year are going to return to form. So take 2020 with a grain of salt. You know, if you're high on someone and you had a terrible 2020, stay high on them. Mm-hmm. A good point. If, if you found a guy on the waiver wire that broke out in 2020, stick with them. Same thing, you know. There's probably some method there. There's probably some, you know,
0: with uh, well, the smoke there's fire type of thing,
1: right? You know, there's something there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I, I don't. I'm giving people passes on a shitty 2020. We all, we all hated 2020, whether you're an accountant or a major league baseball player. 2020 yeah. 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 not. All right, so 2020, I'm getting the pass on guys. I'm almost just looking strictly at their 2019 stats and prior.
0: Definitely. Uh, So that's going to wrap up episode one. Uh, We're going to come at you weekly. uh, So we will have a weekly show for you. And like I said, to start off uh, leading into the season, we're going to have a lot of rankings talk much like you heard tonight. And then when the season gets underway, we'll break into the news and notes and topics of, of, of the baseball and fantasy baseball world. Uh, You can also Look for my articles, my weekly articles uh, at CouchGuysSports.com Will kind of incorporate the podcast, so it's kind of like a all. Um, oh, it's like a it's like a it's like a Marvel universe thing, if you will. You gotta you gotta dip your toes in each aspect to gotta get the full effect. So you can look out for those articles to come out on Thursdays. Um, so follow me on Twitter at Maddie M A T T Y K I W O O M. Follow Kevin at 95, Perdios95, P E R D I O S 95. And make sure you go ahead and follow the show. That's at High Heat FFB. Uh, so make sure you give the three of us a follow right after this, like like right after. Do it right now. Do it right, right now. Do it right now. You, you have your phone next to you, you can yeah. do it. Do multitask. These phones are, 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 are crazy uh, sophisticated. Uh, but I digress. So make sure you do that. But also make sure you subscribe to CGS on Twitch. Give us a follow and a subscription. Also make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can get access to our recordings and other shows such as the BSP Blockless and much, much more. Uh, also check out the CGS store. There may be some new apparel coming in pretty soon. Uh, so once again, that is couchguysports.com. Thanks everybody for listening and tune in next week.
1: Thanks guys.